You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. As always, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. We've got shows Sunday through Friday for you this year and all throughout the entirety of the NFL season. Today on NFL Reacts, we're going to take another look at some of the questions me and Kate Majuk of DK Nation discussed last week. We're getting into the thick of preseason action, if uh, if you want to call it that. But uh, we still need to get some answers from Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. before we go across the board a little bit later in the show. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome in Kate and Justice. You guys, it's an NFL Friday. We're lucky enough to, to have had the double box preseason games last night. Are you guys as hyped for Eagles second year wide receiver Quez Watkins as I am? I've been obsessed with Quez Watkins. I made, I made the guys, I need to go back in my Twitter feed and I need to find this Quez Hopkins hype video that I, I made. Uh, I don't know how to use iMovie or this was a giant experiment for iMovie, but I was like, I need to highlight Quez Watkins because he is fast as a speedy lightning uh strike across the universe and i saw it last night and you better believe i was screaming i was very excited i was watching uh both games so i thought that that was like a kick return at the beginning um because i i just i just heard like the roar from like uh i had the audio on both games so i hear the roar and a guy running up the sideline with with no one by him and i was like oh that must be a return and then they show the replay and it's a screen and i was like what the What's going on here? I was like, the only dude who I've seen like do that was like uh, the Julio screen for a touchdown like two years ago or something like that. I was like, oh my goodness. You gotta I love those feetsies. Yeah. I, I remember him at Southern Miss because a lot of people thought he was actually going to go higher in the draft than, than he actually did um, earlier on in the process. I'm like, am I going to really have to watch Southern Miss ball? And then I was like, oh, no, I get it. This guy's really fast. I don't know how he ended up there. <laughs> I've got a ton of Quez Watkins exposure in my dynasty fantasy football league, so I'm I'm very excited for to see him take that play. And you know they've been raving about him in Eagles camp, saying that he's possibly the second best wide receiver behind Devonte Smith. Is what a lot of people have been saying. Doesn't sound good for uh, Jalen Rieger stock owners, but I am very excited for Quez Watkins. I hope he continues to look like a stud, and that translates to the regular season. And it's worth noting, uh, like for those who are in dynasty leagues, um, it, it may, might be worth a glance at your waiver wire. Um, I mean, Quez Watkins is the type of player that might have been like, depending on how aggressive your dynasty leagues are, this is a guy that could possibly be on waivers and could be a huge steal for you coming into 2021. 
So I think I think the day was overall, you know, good for uh, their passing offense. You know, the Eagles. Um, I'm I'm kind of a Jalen Hurts pessimist a little bit. I don't necessarily think he's one of the, like the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. I understand like the running value. I just don't know how. Like coming into this, my thought was, I just don't know if he could do enough in the passing game to get you over. 500 or something like that over the course of a season um but Hertz was doing good I mean he was operating within the structure of the play everything was within time so no complaints there yeah I, I think I feel like you're very politically correct about your uh your distaste for Jalen Hurts <laughs> and I just want to applaud you <laughs> I, I come from a scouting background I just came off of working with the XFL so like my whole thing is like evaluating backup quarterbacks like i i understand the nfl like backup quarterback landscape better than most people but well i think what you said about jalen hurts is is totally fair like i have questions about his ability as a passer coming into the season but like from a fantasy perspective like i think people are looking at like what you got out of lamar jackson during his mvp run and they're like if that translates with him at all, like, I don't think you're going to get that, but he should be a fantasy asset. I'm just more questionable of, like, the Eagles coaching staff and Nick Sirianni and all of the questionable things that he's already done. Um, like, he, he hasn't officially named Jalen Hurts the starter, I don't believe. Like, I think he's pulling an Urban Meyer where Urban Meyer's like, oh... You know, it's a battle between Gardner and Trevor Lawrence, even though the Eagles have put all of these assets and investment into Jalen Hurts. Like, he's clearly the starter. It's not Joe Flacco. We know that. Stop stop playing with us and stop lying to us. Well, if Flacco keeps throwing those, like, 80-yard screens, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think we've talked – it's only been about five seconds, and we've already talked too much about Joe Flacco, I think, on this podcast. <laughs> Not a Joe Flacco truther, Kate? No, no. Maybe it's the Steelers fan in me. Who knows? It's all right. So uh, I, I, I would be more, uh, more threatened, I think, by, by Jalen Hurts if I'm, uh, if I'm going up against those Eagles. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree. I don't think we should be that worried about uh, uh, cement-footed Joe Flacco, but... Uh, <laughs> The Patriots had a couple of rookies that were a little intriguing last night. Uh, rookie running back Ramondre Stevenson had a baller 91-yard touchdown and had over 100 yards and two touchdowns on the game. Uh, the 91-yard did come late in the fourth quarter in a preseason game, but it's still a 91-yard touchdown. It should still be celebrated under any circumstance. And Justice, your guy Mac Jones actually looked pretty good for the Patriots last night. Yeah, I'm I'm again, this is another guy who I like not super high on just coming out of the draft. Um, I think he has some physical limitations and I don't think he's great outside of structure. Um, but within like operating inside of the offense, I mean when the offense was clicking and he was able to get the ball out, you know, on the when he hit the back of his drop, um, Mac Jones looked great. Uh, you know, coming out of the half, it was kind of interesting the way that they're quarterback room is structured um because obviously you can't do a lot of the cam newton stuff in the preseason you know like i'm not going to run quarterback power with cam newton in week one of the preseason so he had a short leash on him um stidham's on on uh pup so the only guy behind mac jones is brian hoyer who's taken a thousand nfl reps at this point so i guess 
their whole plan was let's see what we got in Mac Jones. And Mac Jones came out the half. Um, they ran like 12 plays in like five minutes of like real time, which is very fast and kind of, I believe at least shows that, you know, the staff is trying to figure out what they have in Mac Jones and he clicks a little bit. He made probably two good deep throws that weren't able to connect because they came off of the hands of, of his wide receivers. So, you know, NFL.com isn't going to put that on their highlights, you know, a, a, a near completion. Um, but if you're looking at his accuracy, it's there. As long as he doesn't have to move off of his spot, um, he can operate an offense. And that was good to see, you know, week one of the preseason. Well, and let's just admit that if there's any off or if there's any offense that you want to place a player like that who needs that kind of structure, it's the Patriots. Like Bill Belichick is just a master of controlling it, game speed, controlling the environment. Uh, he's he's like a mastermind at that. So like, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better situation for Mac Jones to be successful. I don't think. And also, I like the idea of Bill, you know, opening the second half and just saying. Well, this is either going to be a disaster or, or we'll see if he's smart enough to figure it out. Let's just let's just go and see what Do happens. It. That's that's what the preseason's for. Like if he if he opens the second half and throws a pick because you're trying to hurry up for no reason, then he does it. But that's how you learn in the NFL. So I, I think more teams should do that instead of trying to baby their rookie quarterbacks. Just throw them out there and see what happens. There's. This idea in the NFL a lot of like you have to nurture your young quarterbacks and you don't want to throw them to the fire because it can break them mentally early. And I, I mean, we saw that, I think, with Carson Wentz, like after having successful years in the NFL, he just kind of broke. Um, but I don't think that's how you should operate generally in the NFL. So I applaud the Patriots for that, at least for at least just saying, let's let's go. He's going to he's got to figure it out like we we're we're coming off of the greatest quarterback in NFL history and Tom Brady. And we got to figure out what's next. So you got to figure it out, dude. Let's roll. I will say like, I, um, I, I don't know if you guys saw that comment by Zach Wilson. Uh, he, he was doing a presser yesterday and they had just mentioned, you know, uh, his overall attitude towards practice and willing, you know, whether or not he's willing to take, uh, chances in practice. And he had this fantastic answer for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, just it, about using practice as uh, a, a moment where you can maybe take those shots that you wouldn't be able to take in a game. And that's how you find out what you can actually accomplish Hello? as a quarterback and what you can get away with. And I thought it was so fascinating. And I think uh, we should be treating the the preseason pretty similarly. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um in general, there, there's the the way that teams treat the preseason is so different across the board at this point. You know, with the the whole like Rams mantra of our guys are just like never gonna see the field. Anyone who's making good money is just never gonna see the field. And you know, the Packers kind of take that approach. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is throwing a preseason ball under Matt Lafleur at all. Um, so it, it's like a sliding scale of where teams are but i do understand just it's an information gathering situation right where if we need an answer we should try to find the answer as fast as possible and we shouldn't take the pressure off of that because right now is when the pressure 
is the lowest it's ever going to be. You know, if if Mac Jones had to do that in week eight of the regular season, you know, you might think timing wise, right? That's later. Therefore, there's less pressure. No, that's not how that works. It's a preseason game right now. It's going to be week eight later. So let's find that answer right now so that we know we can go into the season with a uh, clear understanding of what we have on our roster. Yeah. And there's no there's no risk involved. Right. It's not like uh, anybody takes preseason records seriously. Like, obviously, it's a good experience for the actual players. But um, saw a tweet today uh, from Jamison Hensley. The Ravens have won 17 straight preseason games. We're not talking about that. Like nobody cares. Nobody cares. And like the fact that I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it's been since 2015, but since they've lost a preseason game, the fact that I had no idea about that stat before today in 2021, I feel like that tells you everything you need to know about preseason. Just take your risks, use your, you know, use your rookies, let them experiment, let them, let them do their thing and see how it, see how it goes. I'd be shocked if the Ravens coaches know that they've gone that long, like without losing a preseason game. <laughs> the pressure's on officially. Like once that, once you actually do that, once you, once you put the stat out there, there's no going back. Yeah, like now they're just going to get blown out uh, th- this weekend against the Saints. I believe is who they are playing. Um, yeah, that's it's what the preseason's all about and, and especially now with the shorter schedule three games instead of four and we we've heard a lot of coaches talk about it like it's kind of a bummer for these roster bubble players because it's less time that they're going to get opportunities to prove that they belong on the 53 man rosters of these NFL teams but the reality is that you're building your team to win games with your starters, not the guys that are going to be at the bottom of the roster. So that's just the way it is in the NFL now. And so, yeah, I don't think Andy Reid should play Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, or Tyreek Hill the entire first quarter of Saturday night's game against the 49ers. But Andy Reid said yesterday that's what he's going to do. I don't believe they're going to play the whole first quarter, but the especially a team like the Chiefs where they're constantly adding new things to their offense and they're experimenting and changing things like you need game speed action. You need to test that stuff out. You need to sample that stuff. And the preseason's a perfect time to figure out, okay, that thing does not work in, in the game. We do not need, we could just throw that in the trash. We don't need to do that ever again. And so I, I think more teams should utilize it that way. And I don't think a ton of teams do. I think, uh, well, it depends where you're at, right. As, as a staff, um, because a lot of these teams too, like you, you mentioned Baltimore. I know Seattle's another team that has a very good preseason record. I mean, once you have that program established, and your mindset is just let's be competitive and let's try to win a game, that's very different than if you're year one of a staff, right? Like we t- already talked about with Zach Wilson, where your situation is: does he and- understand the base offense? Can he operate the base offense that we have? Can we game plan around this guy week to week? And can he do the easy thing? Um, so I think that's kind of where you see the sliding scale of, of these teams and how they operate in the preseason. You mentioned, you know, we're dropping down a game. Um, that's important. I, 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 people shouldn't lose perspective to that. We have cut downs on Tuesday. Five guys on each team are going to lose 
their job. And the way that the structure is set up now, there's even fewer preseason reps. So those guys at the end of the roster are seeing even fewer snaps before they're getting released. So if, if you want to see like some high effort football, I mean, the fourth quarters this week are, are going to be a little bit intense because a lot of these guys and a lot of those players on the field um, who will be playing those snaps are guys on the roster bubble, not for, you know, the end of August, but for Tuesday. Yeah, I think uh, I was even thinking yesterday, uh, like, I feel like uh, we're we're seeing some big hits. I was, I, You know, like I was like taken aback by some of the hits because I was like, dang, it's the preseason. But uh, Justice, that's such a good point. The fact that, I mean, these guys are clawing their way to an NFL roster spot. And this is the only time they're going to get to show that they can hit big, to show that they got power. Um, it's just, it's a ticking clock. I mean, maybe that means we're going to have the most exciting preseason that we've ever seen before, because there's just, yeah, there's less opportunity for some of these guys to make a roster and they're out there trying to keep the dream alive. So I, I don't blame them at all. Uh, I do want to get to some of these questions that me and Kate ran through, uh, last week, just to get, uh, justice's quick take on it. These are from our NFL reacts community. Um, we're going to try to throughout the show this season. We've got these numbers that we get from our SB nation audience, and we want to kind of use them to compete with you guys throughout the season and see if you really know more than we do. Cause I know there's a lot of fans out there that think we aren't very good at our jobs. But we, we do, we promise <laughs> spend a lot of time researching and, and, and trying to be good at this stuff. There's a lot of variables that go into play here. It, it's not just a guessing game most of the time, but uh, I do want to get justice's opinion. Uh, we last week we asked which rookie quarterback will have the most success in year one. And our NFL reacts audience overwhelmingly picked Trevin, Trevor Lawrence at 47%. Justin Fields was number two at 21%. Uh, Trey Lance, number three, and then Mac Jones and Zach Wilson were basically tied at the bottom there. How do you feel about that, Justice? I think I think that ranking is right. But if you're talking about the pure numbers, I think the potential of Trey Lance getting in there, having that big arm operating in that Shanahan offense where we've seen. I mean, we just got to look at what Nick Mullins looks like without Shanahan. Right. Last night, he threw two picks. Not great. Um, so if we can get. Trey Lance to be a week one starter and he's just throwing bombs off of play action for Shanahan. I, I think that'd be real hard to stop. Um, so I think Trey Lance is probably right being third, but deserves a little bit more respect, like percentage wise. Um, I think, I think it's a tighter race between those top. I hope it is. I want to see, I'm most excited. I think about seeing Trey Lance in the preseason, uh, we've seen the highlights uh, of him and Justin Fields in practice and in training camp, like just looking like incredible athletes. I, I do think that that race should be closer than people are giving are are giving it credit for, because like I understand that Trevor Lawrence was for years that guy's number one overall pick. That guy's one of the you know best scouted quarterbacks that we've seen since Andrew Luck and it was always without question he was going to be the number 1 pick in the NFL draft but Justin Fields and Trey Lance Trey Lance the situation of course with the 49ers I think they are set up to compete for a Super Bowl this season uh barring 
the catastrophic injuries that they suffered all year last year. I think that roster is really, really talented. And I think Trey Lance gives them the best opportunity to win. I want to see him be the week one starter. Personally, I would like to see Justin Fields be the week one starter too, but I don't think the bears are going to do that. Uh, But I think it should definitely be closer than that. I don't think Trevor Lawrence should run away with this thing. Yeah. I feel like we've, we've just sort of taken that for granted. And I mean, again, going back to, you know, their, their recruitment since high school, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin Fields and and Trevor Lawrence have been battling this out literally since they were like seniors in high school. You, you gotta, you gotta be excited for uh, Justin Fields. I think just as much as you are for Trevor Lawrence, obviously Trevor Lawrence accomplished so much, so young. Um, but I mean, let's look at the weapons. Like I, I do prefer the weapons in Darnell Mooney. Like it's not a sexy offense, but um, you've got a really nice defensive asset to take a little pressure off the offense in Chicago. I think they've got a lot of stuff working for them that is going to set, you know, Justin Fields up for a nice, nice rookie season. But I think the, the you know, situation in Jacksonville is just less ideal for a rookie. The one thing that I'd worry about in Chicago is if Tevin Jenkins can play. Um, they drafted him in the second round. He was pretty obviously a first round talent coming out of Oklahoma State. Um, his issue was that he had a back issue pop up in the pre-draft process. The Bears even commented that they knew about it uh, before they drafted him. And Tevin Jenkins just isn't on the practice field right now. And when you don't have a left tackle and you, uh, I believe they released Charles Leno after they drafted Tevin Jenkins. Um, that's a tough transition when you kick out a veteran left tackle for you who wasn't great, but was a very much an NFL starting type of bookend. You draft a rookie and then the rookie can't play for you. That's when stuff might start sputtering. I understand why the NFL reacts community selected Trevor Lawrence to, to be their, you know, top rookie quarterback who, who's going to make the biggest impact. But from like a fantasy perspective if i'm taking a rookie quarterback later to you know potentially you know hit the lottery with a guy who's going to be a fantasy asset for me week in and week out it's trey lance and it's justin fields for me and they're like light years ahead of trevor lawrence this season i agree like off of running ability um that's going to add a ton of value because i don't think trevor lawrence is going to be running the ball the same way that he did at at clemson whereas you know, we talked to KP about what he saw in Niners practice, and he's saying, yeah, they're running bash. They're running all sorts of stuff with, with Trey Lance's in the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, once it gets to the goal line, the Niners offense, when Lance is finally the starter, looks a lot more like what um, New England did with Cam Newton than what they've been operating under recently. Like, I, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And when you're running the Cam Newton offense at the goal line, that means touchdowns, right? It touchdowns, fantasy value. So that that checks a lot of boxes for me. They both, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I think both provide uh, a rushing upside that can be really impactful in fantasy. And obviously the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, that offense, like it's just set up to succeed. And Justin Fields, I don't think we're like putting a big enough emphasis on his running ability. Like he is an explosive athlete. And on top of that, he's a really accurate passer. So like, I I just, 
I want to see him in in a game soon. Uh, not Andy Dalton. I we know what we're gonna get from Andy Dalton. Like, let's just give this thing over to Justin and let's see him roll. Uh, we got one more question for you, Justice. Our way too early Super Bowl prediction. Uh, the NFL Reacts community overwhelmingly believes it's going to be a rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree. If you were asking me number one slot, I I would agree wholeheartedly. And I think the NFC is going to be tighter than the AFC overall, just because when you have Patrick Mahomes coming off of what he's done in the past three years, which is maybe the best stretch of quarterback play. And now you're saying, yeah, now they have offensive line depth. Now they're tinkering with the offense so that they can be more efficient. So they're starting to do a lot more spread run stuff. They're starting to get the running back involved in the deep passing game a lot more than they did in the past. That's frightening. That's not a joke. That's a threat, right? <laughs> like the, the rest of the AFC should be like, come on, we got to put some rules in the game to, to kind of nerf this guy or something. Um, the NFC wise, I think Tampa is still the leader, um, just because of everything, the, the fact that they're basically brought the team back to run it again. And the fact that Tampa, the first half of the season and the second half of the season, they look like a completely different team. So if they can get second half of the season, Tampa Bay for a full season this year, that's very scary. Um, I think Green Bay is probably up there, frankly. You're not going to be surprised that Acme Packing Company guy says that. Um, but, you know, they have a ton of top-end talent in terms of, like, Jair Alexander, Darius Smith, Devontae Adams, if David Bakhtiari can get off of uh, the injured list. Um, Elton Jenkins is, like, a rising star. Darnell Savage, people don't understand how good of a safety he is. Um, that I think there's enough top-end talent on that roster that they could win a conference championship game. You know, the Rams finally have a real quarterback. There's potential for the Niners to finally have a real quarterback. Seattle's still there. Russell Wilson is still, you know, a top three quarterback in the league. Um, so I think the NFC is going to be a lot tighter at the top than the AFC is. I totally get why the audience picked Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Like, that makes sense. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC and – Going back to what you guys are both paid to say that. Come on. (laughs) Yes, Arrowhead Pride guy also. Although I am truly a Cleveland Browns fan and hype the Browns at every opportunity that I can. But even saying that, I still think they're at best the second best team in the AFC. Uh, I agree the NFC is much more top heavy. And ideally for me, I would like to see the Chiefs play the 49ers in the Super Bowl again, not see them play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I do think the Bucks are going to be really good this year. Like we did see they started off slow last year and they were figuring things out and it took them kind of half the season. But then once they started playing, you were like, oh, okay, this team's incredibly talented and they can make a run. And then they just did and then dominated the, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. They're going to be better this year. And like. They didn't even have a healthy Chris Godwin last year. Like, if Chris Godwin stays healthy this entire season, that offense is going to be ridiculous. They're loaded at wide receiver. Like, you go, even when you go, like, Antonio Brown and then Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, like, they've just got depth everywhere. And and I think 
it's easy to pick Tampa Bay to to make it back to the Super Bowl because I think they're going to be right there. But the the football fan in me just wants to see the 49ers and the Chiefs play again because I, I want to see the the offense and I hope that Trey Lance does wind up becoming a superstar because I think that team's really good. And I'm a big fan of seeing really talented offensive coaches with really good football teams. I'm just done discounting the threat of Tom Brady at this point in my life. Like my mouth has been burned too many times off of saying, yeah, this is finally it. This is finally it. So that that's just kind of my perspective. So we do need to hit a quick timeout. Um, but when we get back, we're going to go across the board as well as have a conversation about maybe some fantasy football draft strategy. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. I am joined by Kate Madruk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., we're going to go across the board here in just a few minutes, but before we do, I wanted to pose this question to you guys because it's something I've been thinking about as we see more and more NFL players getting placed on the COVID list, getting placed on the high-risk close contact list. Uh, we just saw James Conner and a number of Arizona Cardinals get placed on the high-risk close contact list yesterday, and, and I'm curious... When going into your fantasy leagues this season and your draft strategies, um, you know, I, I'm never a person that, you know, tries to look at like bye weeks is like, I'm not going to draft a player because he's got the same bye week as this guy or something like that. Like, I don't ever let that affect my fantasy draft strategy. But in last season, you know, going into the pandemic where we were all kind of in a state of the world that we've never been in before didn't know how to look at things, especially when it came to sports and whether or not games were going to get moved around or, or canceled or, or whatever, that was something that heavily affected fantasy football. Now, that was kind of just a part of playing the game last year. There was no, nothing you could really do about it. I don't think there was a ton of strategy involved in how you attacked those things. But this season, I think there can be a little bit of strategy here if you really want to look that deeply into it. For example, a player like Lamar Jackson, who is a fantasy superstar, who absolutely incredible athlete, one of my favorite players in the NFL right now, 
but has been vocal about the fact that he is not vaccinated. He has been placed on the COVID list uh, twice now and, and, and come back. Is there a risk in drafting a player like Lamar Jackson, knowing that he's not going to be vaccinated, which puts him at a higher risk of missing game time due to the COVID restrictions that are currently in place for this NFL season? Because I think that's something you have to take into consideration. Yeah, I, I'm actually uh, sort of on the, the same track. I think this could be an interesting strategy. So it, I'm not going to say that I'm going to let this uh, necessarily influence, like I'm not drafting player X. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to let it go to that degree. But something that I have thought is that this could be a really interesting uh, tear breaker here. We always talk about, um, you know, if, if those of you who are listening are a fan of tiered rankings, um, you know, sort of it, it's a nice concept because it helps you really piece together, um, you know, these players are of a similar class. I'm going to take the guy I think is the best of these, but if not, they're probably going to finish in the same range. Um so I'm sort of looking at this as a tearbreaker for me, if I or a tiebreaker in, you know, if I'm try, trying to choose between a couple of different players in the same tier, and I know one is not vaccinated, uh, I I do think that this might be a uh, an interesting way to make your decision, uh, just based on you know mathematical odds that they are going to potentially miss time. Yeah, and Intel is Intel at the end of the day, right? I mean, I know for a fact there was a guy in the NFL draft this past season who fell down probably two rounds because he was like a QAnon guy, right? So team, teams are making decisions on Intel, right? So if, if you're looking at, uh, let's say, a Minnesota Viking, you're about to pull the trigger on a Minnesota Viking draft him, and you're thinking to yourself, every quarterback in that quarterback room is unvaccinated. They're not pushing back games this year. So it's just going to get striked off the board. Why wouldn't you use that information? If, if that's the game that we're playing, that's the game that we're playing. And it is what it is. And, and yeah, and I didn't even mention that part of it. Like forfeits are a real thing this season. There, there's, a, there's a real chance that games could be missed because of COVID restrictions. And in your fantasy lineup, like you just mentioned the Minnesota Vikings, if they have to forfeit a game this week, that's a week you're just not going to have Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson. I, I'm not saying that I'm not going to take Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson, but there is, I agree with what Kate said about the tier breakers. Like there's a little bit more strategy you can implement here. Like James Conner going on the high risk close contact list yesterday. We don't know for a fact, like every player that is unvaccinated in the NFL but as NFL Network's Tom Pelissero pointed out yesterday, if you get placed on the high-risk close contact list, that means you're unvaccinated because that's the designation the NFL and the NFLPA have decided to give those players. If, if you're unvaccinated, even if you don't test positive, you still have to go through that waiting period because you're a high risk since you're choosing not to be vaccinated. And so that's like another little wrinkle that I think you can implement you know, later into your draft where these guys are getting closer together. And, you know, I, I know this running back is vaccinated. I know they're a team that has taken it very seriously. And I don't have to worry about those guys forfeiting games or something like that. What a world we live in. 
What a world. I mean, it's, it's like such a crazy, and I, I had brought this up with some other people before and, um, they weren't quite as, as on the same page with me that this could be some kind of advantage, but like at the end of the day, it, you need available players. Like that is what wins championships at times. Like that's, uh, it's not all of the strategy you need to win a championship, but availability is a pretty big part of it. Like, uh, you know, we had Naeem Hines, who was what, uh, the RB 20 last season, he played 16 games. Most of the, most of the players, uh, finishing in the top 24 at their position are players who were simply available for the season. And, that's a huge part of it. Again, I don't think that that means like Lamar Jackson's not going to tank in your draft or something like that. Like it's not going to ruin his ADP where you're going to get Lamar at like an unbelievable value because I I don't think people are reading that much into it. And you shouldn't read that much into it to where like a player like Lamar Jackson's on the board at a good price tag and you're not taking him. I'm going to take him personally. Uh, But That's something you need to think about. Like if you do wind up taking Lamar Jackson early in your draft and you know he's just flat out going to refuse to get vaccinated, I mean, well, when you draft your backup quarterback or your second quarterback, maybe there's a little bit more strategy in who you go at there. Like you don't want to take Kirk Cousins as your number two quarterback probably because then you have two quarterbacks that you know for sure aren't going to be vaccinated the entirety of the NFL season. You might want to go with somebody a little bit safer there that you know, well, worst comes to worst, I'm at least going to have this guy. Like, barring significant injury, I don't have to worry about COVID with this dude. So there is a ton of NFL preseason games this weekend. I will be locked in to the Chiefs and the 49ers on Saturday night, of course. Um, I'm shocked. You know... I get that I work for Arrowhead Pride. I don't really care about any of the Chiefs position battles or watching. (laughs) Like, I I feel like I know what I'm getting from the Chiefs. I'm more interested in watching Trey Lance this weekend. And Mm -hmm. he's going to get an extended look, according to Kyle Shanahan, because hopefully he's going to be the week one starter and not Jimmy G. So that's something that I am very excited for headed into uh, the this massive Saturday slate of games. So what, what are some of the other things that you guys are keeping an eye out for uh, this week in the preseason action? I'm I'm really excited. So we already got a look at uh, Mac Jones. I, I think I'm very excited uh, just for the rookies in general. I really want to see what Zach Wilson's looking like. If you listen to last week's show, uh, I mentioned I was pretty hyped to see Jack, Zach Wilson Um, I I think that could be a fun game. I'm interested to see how the giants operate too. Like I, I feel like they are just such a cluster right now and I want to see how they execute plays. I want to see how they look because they finally, um, you know, they're, they're getting some offensive weapons back and uh, I feel like they're just in turmoil. I want to see what's going on there. Um, I also, I I mean, one of the maybe more underrated storylines, I want to see, uh, you know, does Tua get some playing time and, and how does he look? I want to see, uh, we've heard, you know, pretty good things, uh, throughout his camp. I would love to just see Tua, uh, go head to head with Justin Fields in a battle for the first half. Maybe let's do it. Yeah. Having that game as like a standalone game to, to kick off the day is going to be fun. Just getting a look at Fields and Tua. I agree with the whole quarterback thing. Um, especially with the rookies. 
you know, especially the Zach Wilson stuff too, right? Where you're hearing camp reports, you don't know if the beat writers should be evaluating talent. Zach Wilson comes out and says, yeah, I'm trying things. Well, let's see it on the field, right? Because if you miss a, a speed out, it's not because you're trying things. It's because you're missing a speed out. So let's get some clarity on that situation. Um, Jordan Love gets to throw his first live snaps against another team in any capacity for the Packers because they didn't have a preseason last year. I think that's going to be something that I'm watching. Um, oh, and we've seen like throughout throughout the offseason, I don't think there's any player that we've heard uh, a wider range of reports about. I just feel like I've heard he's, uh, you know, the Holy grail. And then, then you hear he's like the worst quarterback that's ever played football. Um, and I want to know which one it is. Like, I, I want to get some insight there. Right. Exactly. Just getting some clarity on some things. Um, the other team that I'd be really interested in looking at, you know, just looking at this slate is new Orleans. Just like, what do you guys, even, what do you guys have left after, after all these guys have gotten hurt, you know, Michael Thomas is doing his situation. You're going over a change at quarterback. Like, what does it look like when the ones are in with New Orleans? That That's a big concern that I have going into this year. Not Actually, only are you going through a change at quarterback, you're you're literally going through a change at quarterback like every two days. I think, what, they get two days on, two days off, and then they flip. I mean, it's a very interesting approach to training camp. Um, I think, you know, if if you have some relative idea of who you want on the field as your starter, I feel like it would be beneficial to get, get that quarterback, those reps. But um, I, alas, I am not Sean Payton, but I mean, they do, they have really a barren group of, of skill positions. There heard a lot of good things about Marquez Callaway uh, second year wide receiver. He was an undrafted free agent, but he's been sort of getting the hype in training camp, but, when you think about it, who else is there to get any hype? Like they need to talk about somebody. Uh, and, right. and he happens to be a receiving weapon on this offense. One of the very few they have left. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see too, how, how Marquez Callaway looks. Uh, does he actually look like he's, he's taken a step forward or is this just the buzz because he's going to get uh I mean, even in regular season, you have to presume that he's going to get some targets, uh, which is a little bit intriguing for fantasy. Again, Jameis Winston is thrown to Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, and Nick Bannett. That's that's what we're looking at outside of Alvin Kamara. I know everyone's going to see Alvin Kamara and just hang their hat on that. There is a lot of moving parts here. There is a lot of moving parts. I, I am actually curious. What do you guys think of the new and improved Jameis Winston because like listen I know he's out he's never 2020 been, baby he's never been the the greatest at like being that motivational quarterback like hyping his team up like the eating the w awkward thing but like have you watched his press conferences and his videos Jameis did not used to talk like that like Jameis has got like a new positive like motivational speaker like he's been getting coached up and, and like working on all of that stuff. Like he's got somebody in his life who's like, this is how you get the team behind you. This is how you get them juiced up. Like Jameis did not used to talk like that. It, it seems like it's all scripted, but I love it. I think it's absolutely hilarious. 
Oh, it's so fun. And I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys caught this clip floating around social when uh, he called, um, was it Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, a great running back condom. Um, and he like, he realized like promptly he's like, yeah, that's not the word I was going for tandem tandem. Uh, but he like had fun with it and he rolled with it. I think Jameis does look like he has a little bit of swagger and honestly on the leadership perspective, like Dirk Cutter wasn't going to teach him any leadership, you know, like, uh, I, I don't think he was in a good situation with, uh, Bruce Arians right out the bat. Like you, you gotta, you gotta consider the fact that like, this is probably the first, um, maybe decent relationship he's ever had with a head coach and the coaching staff. Cause I mean, I, I feel like he was just doomed from the gate with Bruce Arians, but, um, you know, having, having eye surgery, you can't understate that enough. Uh, that does tend to help. Uh, if he, if you can't see the scoreboard, I'm so confused how you play NFL football, but, um, he, he definitely like, you know, he comes in with a clean slate in this offense. And I think that, I mean, that's gotta help you. That's gotta help you mentally. That's gotta help you, uh, you know, create relationships with your teammates. I, I really would love just to see, I, I know I'm not alone here. I would love to see Jameis Winston under center. And if it doesn't work out, fine, we can move on, but he's, he's interesting. Yeah. I think Jameis is kind of like the textbook example of like a guy who was so talented, so young that he was kind of able to just almost be on like autopilot because of that. Like even, even back in college, right. When, I think he got suspended for like shooting off like a BB gun on campus or something like an airsoft gun. They were having <laughs> That's so some stupid. Sort of like airsoft <laughs> war at Florida state. And then he got suspended. He's on the sideline. And then he came out in pregame, you know, with the Jersey on warming up with the team. They're like, no, like you're literally suspended. No, you're not going out there right now. Um, so just little things like that. And then, you know, even the breaking the interception record or whatever with Tampa Bay, you know, there's, there's just, there's, there's a lot to take on with the Javis Winston thing. I'm happy he's kind of approaching this as like, Hey, maybe I can try to be more of a professional in the second half of my career. Not. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's like, I would say out of all of these, these question marks, um, you know, heading into this season, I would say probably Jameis Winston has, you know, the widest potential range of outcomes. Cause imagine if he does come in, light it up, he's got a new coaching staff. He's doing well with that. Imagine if he is the Jameis Winston, the bucks wanted him to be. And then he gets to fall in line with the saints. He gets a new opportunity at a new career. He, he could literally reset his entire career if things were to go right this season. And but if they don't, it could go very terribly wrong. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he still is a former, you know, blue chip recruit who won a national championship in college, became a first round or first overall pick and then made a Pro Bowl, you know, pretty quickly. So it's not like the talent's the issue there with Jameis. It's just consistency and being able to do it day in, day out. I still believe his interception record setting season was one of the most fun and entertaining like fantasy seasons 
ever by a quarterback. It was so frustrating, but when he was on, it was incredible. Like, just, I've never seen a player outside of, like, Fitzmagic just go an entire year just YOLOing the entire process and just hoping for the best. It was, it was, I, I, I love chaos sometimes and things that are supposed to be structured, and Jameis Winston that season was like the perfect example of that. He was absolutely incredible, and I want to see him succeed so bad in New Orleans. So I, I hope that that definitely works out for him. I do agree with you guys. The Dolphins and the Bears game is super intriguing uh, for Justin Fields. Tua, uh, Jalen Waddle is another player that I'm really interested in seeing. Uh, you know, he's been getting pretty good reviews out of training camp. So I am really excited for that game. Uh, I'm also kind of curious about the Broncos, like that Broncos team, their roster, you could make an argument has just as much talent as the Kansas city chiefs roster. We just know they don't have the quarterback. Like they have drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and they're kind of in a training camp battle right now, but the offensive talents there, Jerry Judy is a stud, in my opinion. Cortland Sutton's coming back from injury, but we've seen him be a stud at the NFL level. Uh, Noah Fant, Javante Williams is really intriguing, and I think a really talented rookie running back. And their defense should be stacked. Like Their defense should be one of the better defenses in the NFL. So I'm really curious to see how the uh, quarterback battle plays out for the Denver Broncos and kind of how the uh, how Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater look in the offense uh, this weekend. God, I'm so excited for this weekend. I I feel like it hadn't totally set in that we're going to get this full slate of games. Um, The fact that they're all, you know, they're they're splayed out nicely. So I get to have literally a little bit of football all weekend long. And I just, I, this podcast is the first time I feel like it's hit me that we're going to watch football all weekend. And I'm so pumped. It's back. You forget how much you miss it Ugh. until uh, you go through that whole lull of the offseason. It really hurts the worst, like, after the 4th of July, right? It's that 4th of July until the season kicks off where it's really like, oh, I, I wish I just had a football game to put on. Are you guys also going to be locked into the Sam Ellinger-Jacob Eason battle on Sunday? Oh, no. Blech. Oh, Blech. no. I, I will say Eason, at least from like a, a fun perspective, like he, he's going to sling the rock. Like he's going to throw it deep. It might not go to his receiver, but he's <laughs> going to throw it deep. Ellinger, I don't get it. I mean, we were just talking about the Saints. The I'm spacing on his name. Uh, Ian Book, the quarterback that they drafted in the fourth round. I think everyone was surprised. I think Notre Dame fans were surprised that he went that high in the draft. So some of these young quarterbacks uh, probably aren't long for this life, um, but at least Eason is, is fun. Eason will sing it. I'm more interested in Sam Darnold, I think, than seeing either one of those players, but why are you interested in Sam? Darnold? We're like five years into this because he led, he led college football with turnovers his last year at USC. I know. He got drafted high and then he played very bad. Listen, I he's seen ghosts. I know that he's not good. I know that he's not a good like a duck. If it quacks like a duck, (laughs) it throws interceptions like a duck and makes poor decisions like a duck. It's probably Sam Darnold. I know that he's not a good NFL quarterback. All right. I, I know that. 
I I will concede that. But you cannot tell me you are still hoping for him to but, break out in fantasy football. Oh my that, god. That that Joe, I'm not going to draft him or anything, but like that Joe Brady offense like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall. I'm excited about the Panthers and like what they could be. Like Teddy B had a pretty nice season, an okay season last year. Sam Darnold, I, he's probably worse than Teddy Bridgewater to be yes. honest. But I'm still curious. Like I, I still the the curiosity intrigues me enough that yes, I will be locked into that game just to see what Sam Darnold looks like in that Joe Brady offense. That's it, it's enough for God me to you. be locked into that on Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen listening to the show, meet Steven, the last Sam Darnold truther left <laughs> on the island. Uh, he's congratulations. You've out you've outlived everybody else, and you should be really proud of that. I, it's fine. Just, it's fine. I'll, I'll never I'll lose perspective that, that uh, Sam Darnold was originally recruited to USC to play linebacker. Right. Like, they didn't even really didn't want him at quarterback. That. Yeah, they didn't even really want him at quarterback at the beginning. So I don't know, guys. Should he should he be oh. getting like a fifth year in the league? Uh, uh so we'll see. I'd rather I guess. see Blake Bortles, to be honest. I feel like we should bring Blake Bortles back. At least I know what he is. Um, and I still think he's better than Sam Darnold. So I mean, I'm I don't think they're that different. I think that's like no. the same dude. I, Blake Bortles <laughs> is more mobile. Uh, Blake Bortles at least has rushing upside I mean, for fantasy, Stephen. I feel like Sam can throw a better ball than Blake Bortles. Like I feel mm. like that's a little disrespectful to Sam, too. To linebacker Sam Darnold. Um, he threw he threw more interceptions than touchdowns last week. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. All right, I get it. I get it. The New York you know, Jets had the worst roster in football. Scoring. The Jets had the worst roster in football last year. Like I, I, I get it. It was bad, but. I am intrigued enough that, yes, I will be locked into that terrible Colts-Panthers preseason game. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of NFL Reacts. Uh, Make sure you follow Justice Mosqueda on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. And make sure you're following Kate Magic on Twitter as well at FFBallBlast. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me on Twitter. As always, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the SB Nation NFL show. We'll talk to you guys next week.